What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra-low net carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands, and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co. Nobody has more respect for women than I do. Nobody. Hillary Clinton wants to abolish it, believe me. She wants to abolish our Second Amendment. I think they didn't deny it. I don't think anybody denied it. Other presidents did not call. They'd write letters, and some presidents didn't do anything. Many people have come out and said, I'm right. You really do have to ask yourself, where does it stop? Hello and welcome to Fallacious Trump, the podcast where we use the insane ramblings of an increasingly irrelevant loser to explain logical fallacies. I'm your host, Jim. And I'm your other host, Mark. A logical fallacy is an error in reasoning that results in bad or invalid arguments. And the logical fallacy we're looking at this week is the accent fallacy. Yeah, so the accent fallacy is based on the emphasis that people use. Usually it's it's not entirely that, but it's how people say words. So in English, not in every language, but in a lot of languages, uh, certainly in English, there there are various different ways that you can change the meaning of what you're saying with different emphasis. Yep. There's a thing called lexical stress, which is depends on which part of the word you put the stress on. So like yep. contract is a different word to contract. Yeah. Yeah. Even though they're the same word, you're just stressing a different yep. part of the word. Yeah. But that's not what we're talking about. We're talking about a thing called prosodic stress. Right. And that is which part of a sentence or a phrase you stress. And it can completely change the meaning, or at least the implied meaning in a lot of cases, of what you're saying. So a simple phrase like, I don't hate you, if you yeah. can say it lots of different ways. You can say, I don't hate you, yeah, yeah, which means other people hate you, but I don't. Yeah. You can say, I don't hate you, which, which means someone said I hated you, but I don't. Don't, yeah. You can say, I don't hate you, <laughs> which means... I don't like you, but I don't hate you. I hate you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and you can say, I don't hate you. Yeah. Which means I do hate some people, but I don't hate you. And yeah. and it's just about which part wow. of the, the sentence you put the stress on. Yeah. So that's called prosodic stress. Oh, okay. Not all languages have it. I, I'm led to believe that in French, the stress tends to fall towards the end of the sentence, no matter how you, what you're saying right. or how you're saying it. Right. So it would be difficult to do that. And, yeah. and the fact that we have prosodic stress in, in English is part of how, we, how Shakespeare was able to write stuff in iambic pantameter. Because the, where the stress falls in that is important dump, dump, dump. and yeah. changes the meaning of, of sentences. Yeah. So that, actually, that's quite a nice crossover to... There's a Monty Python sketch where they're talking to a well-known actor who says, oh, yeah, well, you can say one word louder than another, to be or not to be. And it says, well, you mean inflection. Oh, yeah, and, of course, inflection. <laughs> Which is one of those, I have no idea where it is, but that's that every time somebody, every time I watch Hamlet, I, I, I just get John Cleese going to be or not to be. Uh, yeah. In um, proper acting, apparently in Mandarin, um, prosodic stress. I now know it's called is very important. Um, very important. Yeah. Yes. A, a, a single sound can mm. mean all kinds of different things depending on where you yep. put that stress uh, within the sound, or whether you stress that in a sentence. And Ai Weiwei has either been imprisoned or got away with um, various artworks on the basis of the puns he is making with his artworks, mm-hmm. which are kind of lost on us. 
as yeah. non-Mandarin speakers, but yeah. So in terms of being a fallacy, yeah, this is usually when people deliberately misinterpret or or uh, reinterpret something that someone said by saying it in a different way. Mm-hmm. It, is, it doesn't always have to be emphasis. It's just about there. There are obviously crossovers with taking stuff out of context, yeah. but it's not really about the context. It's about the way something is said. So our first example from Trump comes from when he described uh, what Ilan Omar said about 9-11. Congresswoman Omar is an America-hating socialist. She minimized the September 11th attack on our homeland. Where far more than 3,000 people died, saying... Some people did something. Big deal. Some people did something. I hate the way he does air quotes around congressman. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> congresswoman. You go, oh, you bastard. Yeah. Yeah. But he's he's acting as if he's saying it how she said it. You know, so, yeah. oh, some people did something um, like, yeah, it, some like it's nothing. Some people did something like it because it, it fits in with his belittling yeah. um, the, the tragedy of the attack at 9-11. Yeah. yeah, which incidentally, not what this is about, but it wasn't far more than 3,000 people died on 9-11. It was just under 3,000. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, well, almost, almost the way you said that is the wrong emphasis yeah. as well, isn't it? <laughs> more than 3,000, but it should be, no, more than 3,000, more than 3,000. Yeah. Far more than, yeah. Rather than, uh, far more than 3,000. <laughs> well, nobody's questioning how many more. Yeah. Yeah, in fact, you got that wrong, but yeah. Um, but here is what Ilan Omar actually said. And and the context, while not really what this is about, was she was talking about the response to Muslims after 9-11. Far too long we have lived with the discomfort of being a second-class citizen. And frankly, I'm tired of it. And every single Muslim in this country should be tired of it. CARE was founded after 9-11 because they recognized that some people did something and that all of us were starting to lose access to our civil liberties. So when she says it, the way she says it is some people did something and all of us, which is the the opposite of the some people, some people yeah. have suffered for it, basically, have, yeah. uh, have started to lose our civil liberties. So she was directly contrasting, using emphasis, using the way she said it, she was directly contrasting the some people who did something, arguably minimising the thing they did, but that's not what that sentence was about. No. It was about the fact that it was only a small number of people who did something really, really awful. Yeah. And, and everyone is as a direct contrast to the yeah. yeah large number of people who are who are losing yeah. their civil liberties. She incidentally wasn't right when she said that care was uh, care the Council of American Islamic Relations yeah. was founded after nine eleven. It wasn't. It was founded before that, but it did massively grew in size after that. His emphasis on some people did something, you know, it it kind of the emphasis is on something rather yeah. than well, it wasn't just something as as as, as if it's nothing. Yeah, so people it's, did nothing at all. Exactly, like like she was asked to describe nine eleven, and she said some people did something. Yeah. So our second Trump example is from the debate that he had with Joe Biden. I think it was only one in the end, wasn't it? Because of because yeah. of COVID and stuff. Um, yeah. And, and cowardice. Uh, and, yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, yeah. actually, they did do two. Um, they did do two in the end because the second one was oh, yeah, less. The first, 
Yeah, shouty um, and ranty and yeah. uh, slightly less badly managed. Yeah. Although this, this one was the one with Chris Wallace. And yeah. uh, and this was, if you can decipher what's going on, this was part of what was said. He called Mr. the Vice, military Mr. Vice stupid bastards. I, I and did he said not it on say tape. It. He uh, said Mr. stupid uh, bastards. He Sir, said it. Stop. I would never say I would that play to the military. Play it. Go ahead. Mr. You're Vice President answered his his final question. The final question is, I can't remember which of all his rantings. I'm having a little trouble myself. <laughs> so, yeah. Nice. But he did so play it play it and you'll hear <laughs> yeah. what i've said yeah so amidst the rantings trump was basically saying that biden called the military stupid bastards yeah this was reasonably soon after i think the revelation that trump had called the military suckers and losers and that yeah. was the actual military not a group of of army people in a room that he was directly talking to yeah. but but soldiers in general who go and fight for their country yes exactly Exactly, yeah. Their career choice, yeah, nothing to do with me, yeah. Whereas mm. Biden yeah. was joking with some people he was giving a talk to. Here's what he said. Notwithstanding what you may hear about me, I have incredibly good judgment. One, I married Jill. And two, I appointed Johnson to the Academy. I just want you to know that. Just clap for that, you stupid bastards. He was joking with the people who he was in a room with. He was introducing a woman behind him who was in the service and who he had... Recently appointed. Yeah, appointed, yep. essentially, and, and was saying the fact that they didn't uh, clap when he drew attention to this woman. Yeah, exactly. One of their <laughs> yeah. ranks. Yeah. He, he said, clap for that, you stupid bastards. Yeah. And... Because Everyone's then clapped and laughed. Exactly, because they kind yeah. of went, oh, yeah, yeah, no, we know what yeah. you mean now. Yeah, yeah. you know, because he appointed them and she's a woman and she's one of them. And he knew that because he read the room that he could do that with them. Yeah, I mean, it was it was it was iffy. I mean, Biden yeah. isn't known yeah. for his his no, flawless no, public right. speaking. Um, <laughs> Unlike but, Trump. Yeah, but but. I mean, it, you have to be incredibly uncharitable, if not just lying, to yeah. to claim that he was he, calling the military stupid yeah. bastards. Yeah. That's not what he was doing. No. Unlike Trump, who was calling them suckers and losers. <laughs> yeah. it, was, it was a slightly less desperate version of clap for that that Jeb Bush did at the, you know, please yeah, clap, yeah. he said. <laughs> yeah. After yeah, finishing please, his speech. Please, please like me. <laughs> yeah, yeah. 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 <laughs> so our, our third example in this section, as we're we're starting to do more and more, is this is not a Trump one, but it's kind of Trump adjacent because this is this is Mitt Romney, who's kind of less Trump adjacent than most actually in terms of Republicans, and uh, he was talking about something that Obama had said. He said, and I quote, and he's speaking by the way of businesses like this one, small businesses, big businesses, middle-sized businesses mining businesses, manufacturing service businesses of all kinds. He said this, if you've got a business, you didn't build that. Somebody else made that happen. That's somebody else's government, in his view. So the emphasis that Romney puts on that is if you've got a business, he emphasizes business. Yeah. You didn't build that. So he's saying you didn't build your business. Yeah. Here's what Obama said. 
and he was talking about infrastructure in general. Somebody helped to create this unbelievable American system that we had that allowed you to thrive. Somebody invested in roads and bridges. If you got a business, that you didn't build that. Somebody else made that happen. So Obama emphasised roads and bridges. Yeah. And then said, if you've got a business, you didn't build that. You, yeah, you are, he's saying you're benefiting from the infrastructure. You're benefiting from the roads and yep. bridges. Yep. You didn't build the roads and bridges. <laughs> yeah. So, but so your business benefits from it. He's, he's kind of, he's countering the, uh, the right-wing view, or certainly the right-wing view in the UK, which is why should I pay my local taxes in order to have a street lamp in my neighbourhood? I don't have one outside my house. It's that kind of, you know, yeah. he's, so he's saying, look, they're, they're, this infrastructure exists. You need to participate in the maintenance of that by paying your taxes. If you've got a business, you're using the roads, you're using the electricity, you're using the transportation links. You didn't build that, you've got it, but you're taking advantage of it. So you need to stump up for that and do your part as part of a community. So, yeah, so, it's, I mean, it's a gift for idiots for stupid bastards <laughs> to, to just go oh look he said if you've got a business you didn't build that and we could use that but well yeah he did say that but he did say those words in that order. in that order <laughs> but we know that that's not what he meant yeah that's that's the thing isn't it and they when you when you make it have a different meaning for your audience you make it serve your purposes then it does, yeah. It's it's it legitimizes that different view of it, and of course the way to counter it, like um, Biden said, just play it, play yeah. the clip. You'll see what I said. And now is the time I think for Marx British politics corner. See, the problem with Boris is that he's slimed with the slippery slug coating. <laughs> Of three things, a tabloid journalist, journalist, a self-obsessed entitled old Etonian, and a politician. Unlike the uh, uh, the examples we just heard from American politics, it's very difficult because he never, Boris never says the same thing from one moment to the next. And he's hyper aware of that because of his tabloid background. He knows that. He's got to be very careful to construct accusations and deny answering anything and he does that by avoiding directly quoting what someone has said, even himself. Um, but it's either that or he just doesn't care about the relationship between what words he uses and the truth implied by those words, like the word promise, for instance. So he just makes stuff up. And I'm, I'm sure it's that. He doesn't actually attach any weight to what he says, so he can just say anything, because he will then backtrack but carefully avoiding what he said before so it must be a it's like the you know what a tangle web we weave when we first choose to deceive it's that it must be a nightmare in his head because he's got to remember everything he's ever said in order to deny ever saying it or not deny ever saying it but say that he said something else which ultimately means it's very hard to find examples of him saying someone said something in such and such manner when they clearly didn't. What he tends to do is heavily imply this is what they mean. 
So the example I've got is from Prime Minister's questions from March 24th uh, this year. Uh, and this is the one in which Keir Starmer carried out some bayonet practice on Johnson over the Sun newspaper, directly quoting Boris in the headline, no cuts for the armed forces. And yet Starmer is still forced to point out that only this prime minister could suggest a reduction of 82,000 to 72,000 is somehow not a cut, which is gleaned from the, the PM's answers. And after some aerobatics that the RAF will be proud of, which contained accusations of abandoning nuclear deterrence and the army and the resurrection of the ghost of Corbyn and other implications that Labour isn't the party of law and order, Boris got to say this. We're getting on with the job, Mr Speaker, of recruiting more police. 20,000 more police. I think we've done 7,000 already. Well, they're out on the streets, Mr Speaker, at demonstrations shouting, kill the bill, Mr Speaker. That's the difference. That's the difference between his party and my party. Well, it's not true. But Johnson there is accusing the Starmer's party of attending protests to kill the bill. The new Police Crime Sentencing and Courts Bill that currently going through Parliament, the protesters' claim will clamp down on peaceful protest. The bill, or the old bill, is a British slang for the police who had been clamping down on the peaceful protests that were running at the time in Bristol. So basically what Johnson there is implying is that the Labour Party are out there to kill the bill, this bill, but the implication is that they're actually killing policemen. They're quite happily going out on the streets to advocate the death of policemen. Um, whilst his party, the difference is they're recruiting more policemen, having, you know, glossing over the fact which we've dealt with before, that they cut the number of police woefully in the last 10 years, and then they've just put them back up to slightly below what they were before they cut them. Um, so the Speaker of the House, Lindsay Hoyle, um, steps in. He's, he spots this and he steps in to say this. Can I just say, I, I genuinely mean this, I do not believe any member of Parliament would support that kill the bill. I've got to be very careful about what we say. I say, we are all united in this House in the support and the protection that the police do offer us, and nobody would shy away from that. Fact knows what he's actually saying there. But in, he's kind of saying that kill the bill. I don't know what that means. And then he kind of half mumbles, we've got to be careful how we use our words. So I think he is admonishing Boris for implying that the Labour Party are actually out to kill the police. Yeah, I think that, that's what bill. it sounded like to me, yeah. And that's as strong an admonishment we'll get from Lindsay Hoyle, who just sounds like he's misconstrued stuff in his semi-awakened state. So he's, he's kind of, he's not, it's not John Burko, is he? He's not kind of the previous speaker who would just go, what you've just done there is unconstitutional. I wish you'd take that back. He's just kind of going, I think we're all generally of a mind that, you know, rather than calling him out and going, you've just implied that this party kill police and I'm not having it. He just said, I think we all generally... So it's... He's spotted the difference in the meaning implied, but he doesn't take him to a task about it. And Boris continues to get away with it, for fuck's sake. <laughs> so um, it also occurred to me that the other way this fallacy is used is to claim the meaning of your own words 
is deliberately misconstrued by somebody else. So rather than deliberately misconstruing it like we've seen in the um, in the examples, is actually to plead innocence by saying, oh, you took my words out of context. And we've talked about it, and this is our kind of go-to example constantly <laughs> in British politics. Michael Gove in 2016 famously said this. I think the people in this country have had enough of experts with uh, organisations from acronyms the people of this saying, country have had saying, enough of experts with, 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 from organisations with acronyms saying that they know what is best and getting it consistently wrong. So the famous um, uh, people who are fed up with they've had enough of experts. And late, like a year later, um, he had an interview with Chatham House, which was a centrist think tank. And he says he was taken out of context. And I quote, Faisal Islam, as a skilled interrogator, cut me off halfway. So while I completed my sentence, he took the first half and said people have had enough of experts and used that as a fencing posture in the interview itself. One of the things I've sought to do is explain why I said that. Now, the words I've used have been taken out of context, but that's just part of politics. So while I feel the need to remind people of what I actually said, I don't get too het up by the fact that my words like those of many politicians or many actors in public debate, sometimes get a little bit skewed. That's just life. Well, actually, it's it's the constant defence of politicians. <laughs> and so here are my notes kind of here. I said, to be fair to Gove, which is just a horrible prospect. <laughs> <laughs> you know, just shoot me now. Yeah, I'm taking it a little bit too far now. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> well, you know, perhaps Faisal did jump in a bit too soon. So that he didn't hear, I suspect that Gove, as he said it out of his mouth, he realised what he just said and then qualified it. And Faisal maybe I'm jumped sure in a little too soon. I think he was too busy. He thought he had a clever thing when he said, because he didn't go straight to the bit about them consistently no. getting it wrong. He he said, um, we've had enough of experts from organisations with acronyms. Yeah. Yeah, like because like, he thought, and he re- made sure to repeat that when he was when he was talked over at the beginning. Because yeah. so obviously he thought that was a clever and funny thing to say. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, you know, like, like Cobra, for instance. You know, the government. Yeah, I mean, any what, any. Government how does that have thing? anything yeah. to do with it? That's the point. Exactly. Yeah, but, yeah. Um, but yeah, Quite. I don't think he was kind of. I don't think he added the the getting it wrong bit. He was just—he was very clearly suggesting that you know we shouldn't rely on experts. Yeah, and what? Yeah, so don't get talked out of this position. Trust your own ignorant position that lacks research. He's not employing. He's not imploring that people should go do their own research. The opposite, saying, yeah. "Don't listen to anybody. You know, don't listen to me. Trust yourselves." Just well, go along with the, the, the stuff. The context, that I'm the, you. the original yeah. context of this was was that he was using an anecdote wasn't he to yeah um to claim that he knew a, a lie of an anecdote it wasn't a real one um, <laughs> to to claim yeah. that he knew what was best for you know about brexit and yeah and then when he was challenged and said shouldn't we listen to the people who know what they're talking about he was like no 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 <laughs> yeah. you know, don't listen to them and then yeah so you so if if his context was about people who get it consistently wrong then why not say i think people are fed up with people who consistently get it wrong and yet pass themselves off as experts and you go, oh, well, that's fairly reasonable. Yeah, I think we are fed up with people like that. Of course, the problem is that <laughs> glosses over the fact that the Tory party have been providing an object lesson in getting it consistently wrong 
for an entire year, if not an entire decade, thus offering up his own petard and inviting we the people to be fed up with them and to hoist him. <laughs> I thought it would be logical, we'd end up biological. I misconstrued your premises, you threw me up the premises. Logical, biological, premises, premises. It's a fallacy in the wild. But you were seeking clarity, but I thought you needed charity. The inevitable conclusions, my head sustained contusions. Charity, clarity, conclusions, contusions. It's a fallacy in the wild. There we go. We had Fitzgerald and Louis Armstrong there with Let's Call the Whole Thing Off. Which potato, I potato. Got- yeah, yeah, I've got exactly. I've, which you know, the ultimate accent fallacy song. It feels like we've used that before. Don't know why. It feels like that's a reprise. No, don't think or so. maybe I just had had that at the back of my head going. Yeah. That would be a good one. <laughs> can we? Can we? Um, now finally we get to use it. Yeah. So in the fallacy in the wild, we like to talk about the fallacy of the week from a non-political perspective. And our first example comes from the excellent film My Cousin Vinny. Yay. This is towards... Hasn't they appeared in Giuliani's defences before now? Yeah, yeah. probably. <laughs> oh, he kind of says, yeah, Vinny, he's my yeah. idol. You yeah. Know, he's, he's the model of, of lawyerly conduct that I'm basing my time on. To be fair, on. Vinny's not a terrible lawyer. <laughs> no, no, yeah, so, absolutely, yeah. So, yeah, so, uh, probably. Giuliani's failed in that respect. Yeah. yeah. Giuliani would be doing well to be as good as, as Vinny. Um, but in in this film, if you haven't seen it, I mean, sort your life out. Yeah. Um, but uh, Ralph Macchio plays a person accused of killing a uh, a store clerk, basically in a, a rural town, when he actually just put a, a can of tuna in his pocket and forgot to pay for it. And so when he is pulled over by the police, he thinks it's for that. Mm-hmm. But actually, after they left the store the clerk got shot and so here is his initial interview with the police you paid for the groceries and then what we went out to the car and that's it when did you shoot him what at what point did you shoot the clerk i shot the clerk yes when did you shoot him i shot the clerk hey dean we need you out here i'm in the middle of a damn confession here so uh, Ralph is is clarifying when he says I shot the clerk because yeah. he doesn't understand what the policeman is talking about because he thought this was about a stolen can of tuna. Yeah. Now he doesn't use the kind of the traditional uh, rising intonation exactly at the end the of inquisitorial <laughs> yeah. Yeah. thing. Yeah, I, um, shot, I shot the clerk. I shot the clerk. This is the point in the movie that, that I've always kind of got to this point in the movie going really. Really? But I, that... Yeah, the thing is, they. I think they had to do it like this, because if, first yeah. of all, he couldn't say, I shot the clerk, because he yeah. doesn't know the clerk was shot. So this is yeah. the first he's hearing about the clerk being yeah. dead. Um, but if if he did do it as too clear a question, too obvious a question... Then you couldn't do then, the next bit. Then, yeah, yeah the movie couldn't happen, because the movie is based exactly. on the, the policeman not being a complete idiot, but thinking yeah. he's confessing. So he has to say it. And I think he does it. I think they do it well. I think he does it in a way where he is, he is clearly, because we know the situation, clarifying yeah. what the 
cop is asking him. And he's somewhat shocked um, as well. Yeah, and in the ensuing court case, when the cop is, uh, is on the stand being questioned, he says this. I asked him if he did it, and he said, I shot the clerk. I asked him again, and again he said, I shot the clerk. Your Honour, no further questions. Now, so if the story had been about kind of a, a small-town cop trying to railroad this this yeah. out of town guy yeah it that still would have worked because reading it out in court just just reading the words incriminates yeah. him whereas he his intonation might have clearly not been incriminating but that's not yeah. what the story's about so i think it still it still works and because we yeah. know the context it's clear for, for us how it was being said i'll have to go back again and try not to be irked <laughs> by, by it each time yeah yeah. So our second example is from the Book of Mormon, the uh, Trey Yay! Parker, Matt Stone yeah. musical. And this is from a song called Turn It Off, Like a Light Switch, where Elder Price is having concerns about his uh, his mission placement, the fact that they're in Uganda and and he's not sure that it's the right place for him, basically. <laughs> um, and, the, and the Mormon reaction to this is just, just kind of, you know, push those feelings down and don't feel them. <laughs> but uh, but but that is used sometimes for other feelings uh, according to the the singer of the song imagine that your brain is made of tiny boxes then find the box that's gay and crush it okay no no i'm not having gay thoughts all right it worked <laughs> <laughs> so when elder price clarifies that he's the thought he's not the one having gay thoughts yeah he's not someone who needs to to push gay thoughts down his thoughts are something else so he yeah he says i'm not having gay thoughts um and and they take that to mean yeah you're not having yeah, gay thoughts having anymore gay thoughts. Yeah. <laughs> <Yay>! yeah. <laughs> brilliant brilliant such a good musical that yeah so it's one of those ones when you come out and you think why does my face hurt <laughs> it's because i've been laughing and smiling so much throughout brilliant and it's and of course it's it's full of South Park sized innuendo <laughs> and, and and thumbing its nose at the entire uh, American societal mores yeah. at the same time, which just I believe so is a fucking brilliant song. So and that's absolutely yeah. amazing. Our next example comes from Superstore. We had a Superstore example last we did. Uh, week, didn't we? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Guess guess what I'm binge watching at the moment, but, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> but this is from the first episode of season three uh, when they have come back from the store being completely destroyed by a tornado. Right, um, Glenn, the manager, has followed what he thinks were were the instructions given to him for when to get the employees back in to mm. kind of sort out the store and get it ready for for reopening. It says bring back the staff a week before the grand opening on the twenty eighth. Yeah. Today's the twenty eighth. Well, he couldn't be more clear. Yes, he could have said the grand opening, which is on the 28th. This makes the 28th sound like the start date. Bring back the staff a week before the grand opening on the 28th. Yeah, this is confusing. No, bring back the staff a week before the grand opening on the 28th. He didn't say it like that. You're adding emphasis. That <laughs> <laughs> was, was great. He sounds so much like, um, well, not quite Kermit. You said Grover Some, last time. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Some somewhere between Scooter and Fozzie. That's actually in, in the guy scene. playing Glenn is uh, Mark McKinney from Kids in the Hall. 
um, the uh, ah, brilliant yeah, Canadian yeah. sketch show. I'm crushing your head. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, well, yeah, yeah, yeah. So with a lack of proper punctuation and the inability to add emphasis through writing, yes. uh, <laughs> the, yeah. that could be read either way. And yeah, when Dina is saying, well, it's very clear this is how it is, she is, she is adding emphasis, which is a bit unfair. It reminds me of stuff that I used to read as a kid that kind of delighted me, like that you get those combinations of, of things. Like there was one where the girl sat on the table with Queen Anne legs. <laughs> yeah. And it also this reminds me of the, the gags I used to play with the kids when sitting in a traffic jam and you come past a roadwork sign and it would say, roadworks, delays possible till spring 2023. And you go, I can't wait till then. Proper dad jam. joke, yeah. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, there was like an that. ad, a uh, print ad in the 50s that said something like, don't kill your wife with work, let electricity do it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's great. Yeah. And there was a, an excellent tweet. As soon as you came up with this, that we were looking at this category this week, the first thing that popped into my head was was this. And there was a tweet of Susan Boyle who won Britain's Got Talent, I think. She was kind of... Um, kind of dowdy, frumpy, um, rural woman that sang with the voice of an angel. <laughs> and um, she launched, uh, you know, a LP, an LP, a record, a CD of stuff, an album of songs. And she launched it and, her, and the Twitter account tweeted, Susan will be answering your questions at her exclusive album listening party on Saturday. Send in your questions to this hashtag. Hashtag Susan Album Party, which, of course, when you look at it, goes hashtag Sue's Anal Bum Party. <laughs> so it's that, yeah. And there are uh, still there are delightful ones <laughs> when you find those. <laughs> I found another one, which was the Colchester Liter Literary Festival, which was shortened to the Sea Lit Fest, <laughs> which, yeah. Which, you know, they got all sort. They got the wrong type of people there. And another one, I came. I saw this on the TV the other day, and it's one of those where you're like in the, the ad break, and you suddenly and it caught me up short. Go, what's going on? And this is for personal laundry tabs. Those things look look particularly edible. You know, they're nice coloured. They're small. They, they you could get them in your mouth easily. So personal don't want children. To eat them. Yeah, especially so after put... the whole Tide Pod thing. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So at the end of the ad, they play this. Always keep away from children. <laughs> which is a little yeah. bit kind of in this sort of, you know, post-Epstein world. Just a bit weird hearing it in a voice. <laughs> you always keep away from children. I mean, just good advice, like... frankly. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> just, yeah, yeah, yeah. Keep away from animals and children. <laughs> we just go, well, yeah. It's gone from dad joke to... Slightly suspect. <laughs> so before we move on to fake news this week, we've got time for a competition update. And the Yay. competition update is that yep. apparently yep. we don't yep. have anyone listening who wants to design T-shirts. So, oh. so fuck it's that. Obviously, I, <laughs> you know, it's an oral medium. It's uh -huh. not a visual medium. We can quite understand it, you know, but... Yeah, but that's fine. Blimey. You've let us down, but we will forgive you. We will... <laughs> So you don't have to design a T-shirt at all. No, but we still have this pile of merch that we want to yeah, give away. Yeah, we want to give away. So here's what you have to do. This is super easy. It'll take yep. you two minutes. Yep. And and you don't have to have any design skills. You don't have to anything. do anything basically at <laughs> all, really, except leave a review for this podcast 
on whatever platform you use itunes stitcher spotify wherever. anything that Facebook, you wherever. anything that yeah. you listen to a uh, if the thing that you listen to doesn't have the ability to to do reviews then then go to like Podchaser or something like that that does and that's fine but yeah leave us a review doesn't have to you be five do. stars that yeah. would be nice <laughs> <laughs> But we're not gonna yeah. we're not gonna penalise people who who aren't over effusive with praise. See, people are gonna but... take that out of context and go <laughs> five stars. That would be nice, and then they'll go they're, they're pure. They're just rigging the charts, uh-huh. you know. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, leave us a review. Uh, take a screenshot and and email it to Jim at fallaciousdrum by the next episode, two weeks' time. And After you've posted it, not just yeah, comment, yeah. Take and then a, post take a photo it and, take and a then screenshot. don't post it. And we will pick one out of the hat, and someone will get some cool stuff. So we're going we're gonna to play fake news, folks. I love the game. It's a great game. I understand the game as well as anybody. As well as anybody. Yes, it's time for fake news, the game where I read out three Trump quotes, two of which are real and one I made up, and Mark has to figure out which one is fake news. Because I've, I've figured out that actually the, em- the emphasis, whenever you say to me, you surely can't get all the answers wrong, it's actually, you surely can't get all the answers wrong. I can. I mean, you're on a roll at the moment. You're doing very well. You've got, you haven't had... you haven't missed one um, since since you've come back from your break. So, I think that's it. That's, yeah. see, that's because I've been reading everything Trump ever said. So you can either maintain your streak or yeah. or or fail. So yeah, yeah. <clears throat> so <laughs> the theme this week we've got. Um, yep. I, I haven't got any clips this week because these mm. are. Uh, statements that Trump has put out since being banned from Twitter. Oh, through yeah. his fire, fire other people. Through yeah, through his pack, Save America. Um, right. Occasionally, he will just release a statement that says, you know, from the forty-fifth president of the United States, and various people will will tweet it um, as right. if he had Twitter, so he can feel like he's getting some kind of vicarious social media presence. Right. <laughs> right. And yeah. and so remember these these are official statements by a former president of the United States. Wow, wow, <laughs> leader of the free world. They're yeah. all quite short as well. These are just excerpts. Yeah. The first one: Happy Easter to all, including the radical left crazies who rigged our presidential election and want to destroy our country. <laughs> yep. <laughs> right. Yeah. It's got, it's the, the, even though he's put this out, <laughs> the people have slavishly used his all caps words. Oh, yeah, they're just screenshotting yep. his statement. Oh, OK. And and it. Yeah, yeah. On. yeah, yeah, yeah. Like he's Q or something. Uh, yeah. Statement number two, a little bit of advice for the Oscars. Mm. Uh, change the name back to the Academy Awards. Don't be so politically correct and boring and do it right. Also, bring back a great host. And statement number three, failed writer and untalented hack Glenn Kessler never writes fairly about me. The Washington Post should stop hiring garbage people. Just stop hiring garbage people. Well, who's going to collect <laughs> our bins? Yeah, yeah. Uh, okay, okay. Uh, well, the, the Academy Awards one sounds like it's the kind of TV thing that he feels that he's part of the hinterland of, if not upper echelons. So that ought to be the kind of thing he would feel that the you know his breath should be wasted on president or not <laughs> um okay happy easter all because the radical left crazy failed writer on talented hack that's yeah usual stuff failed writing in uh, title case 
and untalented hack. Okay, see, I'm not sure he's worried about the Washington Post. Um, okay, okay, I, I think that, having said that, I'm now convincing myself of the truth of that one. Okay, I think number one is the one you made up. Okay, so of the other two, which are you more convinced by? I'm more convinced by the Academy Awards. Okay, so number two is mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. real. <laughs> Whoa! The, um, the, uh... well, they're always called the Academy Awards. <laughs> well, a few years ago, they kind of stopped using it so much and just, just called it the Oscars. Uh, called it the Oscars. The Independent newspaper said, former reality TV star and bit part player in Home Alone 2 Lost in New York had some advice for the Oscars. Excellent. <laughs> Ex- <laughs> <laughs> Excellent. That's brilliant. Oh yes, because he didn't he he resigned his membership of the acting union or something. SAG after yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, but he I mean he was never anywhere close to the Academy Awards, is he? No. I think no, Kevin Sorbo uh this year also tweeted something like, um, oh, were the Academy Awards on today? I forgot. And and various people went. Imagine being this guy and thinking that's a burn on the Oscars. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. So the whole of the camera, they're all wincing and going, "Oh no, what have we done?" Yeah, yeah. We should have invited him. Oh no. So, just uh, you also think that yep. number three is real, and uh, number three I do is yeah. Fake news. Ah, uh, no, I knew it was. I knew it was. But I don't know <laughs> why. You should have said the other one but, then. I know, exactly. <laughs> but then but then it was nicely rounded. And despite my worry about the Washington Post, whereas the other one seemed a bit radical left crazies, crazies in all caps, kind of yeah. too Trump to be Trump. But yeah, I should say that several of the le- of the words in these are in, in all caps for some yeah. reason. Yeah. Um, yeah, but no, he did. That was the entirety of the statement. <laughs> Happy Easter to all, including the radical <laughs> left crazies who rigged our presidential yeah. election and want to destroy our country. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, he is he is periodically releasing these statements. He did one about Liz Cheney recently. It was very abusive. And one about Governor Ducey in Arizona, I think. Right. Um, and one about LeBron James. He's, they're mostly attacks. They're mostly yeah. just personal attacks yeah. on people he, who who have said who something he, negative about him. Yeah, of course. Um, that's all they ever are. You yeah. know, that's why, hence the, my kind of faith in uh, Glenn Kessler. Uh, oh no! So that means I. Oh, yeah, that means you I failed. You, yeah, yeah, yeah. You yeah. broke the streak. You are on uh, thirty out of sixty-four now, which is um, back down. I mean, it's still forty-seven percent. So okay, yeah, practically halfway. Yeah. yeah. So right. actually, I'll get... change that to you. Surely can't get all the answers, <laughs> right? Yeah, surely can't get all the answers, right? It's time for the part of the show that this week at least is called Tucker Carlson is not a logical fallacy. 
Because fuck me, Tucker Carlson's <laughs> been getting worse. More, like, oh, no. exponentially worse over the last few weeks. Yeah. He, yeah. For, he started off with his rant about replacement theory and, and just right. being openly racist and white supremacist. To, yeah. to and saying you know yeah people people say that that supremacists and you know white supremacists and racists say this stuff but it's true um and stuff yeah. like that and <laughs> and then yeah. um like that's proof yeah yeah that's enough proof for him to just say that but we know we know <laughs> you know or the, the up the just the caveat for everything that comes um, <laughs> for the follows here is yeah. we know that his lawyers himself said you can't believe the facts that he tells you. Yeah. So when he says because it's true, well, it isn't because they're they're the facts, the kind of facts that you can't be sued for libel. Yeah, you about. are legally required not to take him seriously. Exactly, yeah. because if you did. <laughs> Well, then you'd be stupid because they the things that he says are such that you can't sue him over for defamation because what he's saying aren't true. That's yeah. fundamentally their case, their their defence in all their cases, and judges believe them. So, <laughs> so there um, you go. So yeah, last week, confounding some expectations, Derek Chauvin was found guilty on all counts of the murder of George yeah. Floyd. Tucker took that well. <laughs> he uh, he yeah, well, he had a former New York correctional officer called Ed Gavin on. And it didn't go how he thought it was going to go. Mm. Um, Ed Gavin was saying, yeah, that it was excessive force. I've used force yep. against over 500 people in my career and none of them lost consciousness. This was really bad. It shouldn't be allowed. Um, and, yeah. and Tucker went like this. I just think that it was excessive yeah, and well, it shouldn't happen. And, and what I'd like the, to say, the guy more, who did it looks like he's going to spend thing. the rest of his life in prison. So I'm kind of more worried about the rest of the country, which... Thanks to police inaction, in case you haven't noticed, is like boarded up. <laughs> so that's more of my concern. Well, but I appreciate you coming let, on, Ed Gavin. Thank let, you. Let, nope, done. It, it was so what? bizarre. It, it, he went in it, like Joker-like from from yeah, his usual yeah, yeah. resting, confused face to, yeah. to to laughing maniacally and then back again within a second. And then kind of goes, okay, yeah, so what do you got to say about that? Oh, no, and then cut him off. Yeah. And then go, oh, no, what, nothing? As if as if we didn't notice that he cut him off? It was it was like watching someone yeah. have a breakdown in real time. Yeah, yeah. Um, but it, yeah, it is like watching an outtake from Joker, isn't it? So, I mean, watching, someone uh, said that they thought maybe he was going for a kind of condescending chuckle and just, yeah. like, didn't do it right. <laughs> <laughs> can't do chuckle yeah so that's yeah so they've learned never get tucker castle to laugh because oh my god we've realized that we've unleashed the maniacal side of him it was unwittingly so weird. it just goes yeah you know never ask him a, never tell him a joke well yeah there you go the right don't do humor but yeah. then this week <laughs> the cdc announced that the science says that mask yep. wearing outdoors isn't really necessary if you're in a group now there's there's you know lots of people are vaccinated um there's been very little transmission outside you should still yep. wear masks when you're inside but but basically you don't need to wear masks outside a lot of people are mm. still wearing masks outside i think in this country certainly in in the area i live in 
Mm. It's not that common for people to be wearing masks just generally if they're going for a walk or kind of mm. walking no, around. No, def- definitely from where I am, there's a different moment when you're kind of walking across the car park to the supermarket, then people will put a mask yeah. on. They might leave it on whilst because their arms are busy with carrying shopping or pushing a cart. But that's yeah. the only time I've seen them outdoors. I, it's rare to see them. If I go the to the shops, I will put a mask on and then that's on until I, you know, if, if I go to different shops, I'm still mm. wearing my mask in between shops or yeah. whatever. I'll take it yeah. off when I finish shopping. But, um, but yeah, if I go for a walk with the kids or whatever, I, I'm not usually yeah. wearing a mask. That yeah. seems to be what most people do in this country. But in the US, mm. some people wear masks just outside generally um mm-hmm. some people don't some people get really fucking upset if other people do <laughs> or, yeah. or don't yeah. depending on your stance um, yeah yeah and and tucker uh decided that it's one of those he's come, <laughs> yeah. it's got to the point where where it's like offensive to be wearing a mask outside and he went on a, a rant that we are, we're not going to play all in one go, but we are going to play all of it and talk about it as we go. Not even Tony Fauci still pretends that masks are medically necessary. Instead, masks are purely a sign of political obedience, like Kim Il-sung pins in Pyongyang. We wear them because we have to. So that there, there's, there's a kind of a false run on there, isn't there? So not even Tony Fauci... Uh, um, says that you need them for medical reasons, but that it's a political blah blah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, he's also he's not saying that you don't need masks. He's saying you don't need masks outside. Yeah, um, yeah. But then, but then he's kind of saying, you know, not even Tony Fauci, who he's using because everybody he's our he's he's the U.S. equivalent of Chris Whitty. You know, he's the sensible guy who Trump hated because he was sensible and. Even he's saying you don't need to wear a mask, brackets, outdoors. You need to wear them indoors. Don't need to wear them outdoors. But that's it's a political thing. <laughs> yeah. Well, in fact, like, he didn't say that at all. Like like pins about the leader in North Korea. <laughs> well, yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. Yeah. The only people who yeah. wear masks voluntarily outside are zealots and neurotics. How neurotic are they? Well, we know. A Pew survey from last March found that 64% of white Americans who classify themselves as liberal or very liberal have been diagnosed with an actual mental health condition. And you see them everywhere when you walk down the street in any major city. <laughs> I love that. Okay, so we can dismiss several of those bits or in like a Pew <laughs> survey and kind of go, okay. Yeah. Yeah. But the, the only people who wear them are zealots and what was the other one? Zealots and, and neurotics. And, and that's proved. There was a Pew survey in March of 2020, right? Which, um, among many other things, it's it's the American Trends Panel, uh, which they right. do regularly. They they kind of take people's temperature on what their views are about politics, about uh, COVID during this period, um, and and various other things. They ask their uh, political affiliation. They ask all various other things about them. And uh, in this one, they asked, has a doctor or other healthcare provider ever told you that you have a mental health condition? Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not sure whether that is the same as a diagnosis. Mm. Maybe it is. I'm not saying it definitely isn't, but I, oh, I don't okay. know if that it's would not, be It the... wasn't a survey on the, on the inaccuracy of, of diagnosis. It wasn't about 
the mistakes no, no, no. made this was just... in in, give, in telling people that. So it wasn't nope. a kind of indictment of the medical industry saying, you know, no, have, you, been, just have a, you ever been told it that? It was just another question that they added to this <laughs> right. panel on this particular yeah. occasion. Yeah, they said, has a doctor or other, or other healthcare provider ever told you that you have a mental health condition? And indeed, about 60%, it wasn't 64%, it was about 60% of um, white Americans who... Uh, self-identify as liberal or very liberal right. uh, answered yes to that question. Right. Around 26% of uh, white Americans who identify as conservative or very conservative also answered yes to that question. Mm. Um, and I don't think that's that surprising. Not because I think liberals are mental, <laughs> but... <laughs> But because yeah. mental health conditions cover a huge amount of ground, yeah, including things like anxiety and depression and, and all yep. manner of different yep. things. When, when was this conducted? In March of 2020. But, but the question oh, okay. was, have you ever So like been the told? beginning of the pandemic yeah. and, and the end of Trump's... Yeah, um, absolutely. At uh, the end presidency. of four years of Trump. Yeah, yeah. So, so that's a factor, I think. Yeah. The fact that the, the world is descending into pandemic and the US is doing nothing about it. Yeah. And the people who are more aware of that. Yeah, I think that a huge amount of this is probably explained by the fact that, um, I mean, maybe I'm being stereotypical here. Mm. But white liberals particularly are, are more likely to live in cosmopolitan urban areas where you where there's going to be more therapists and people like that yep. working. Yep. Um, yep. They're also more likely, I think, and again, could be completely wrong, could be stereotyping people. But I think city-dwelling white liberals are more likely to talk to their doctor about feeling mm. depressed or anxious than yep. rural red state conservatives. Yeah, yeah. It's because it's kind of an accepted norm that you could talk. It's safe and okay to talk about that kind of stuff in a city, urban, liberal environment. There was, yeah. I mean, there still is. There still is a stigma in many situations to it. But part of progressive liberal Democrat attitudes are Removing are, are saying there shouldn't yeah. be a stigma to that. Part of our viewpoint is that mental health should be viewed as important as physical health. It should it shouldn't be seen as as negative to 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 need some self care or whatever yeah. to to or make sure that you're doing it okay. Or, and, yeah. and yeah, I do see that as a as a liberal progressive Democrat style viewpoint. I'm not surprised that that will lead to a far greater number of those people then being told by a doctor, yeah, you might have depression or you might have it's also, anxiety. It's also to get access to treatment, to actually actively seek some assistance and get a diagnosis which, which would grant you access to um, all of those ad advice and support and uh, you know, medical or otherwise treatments. Yeah seems to be an enlightened thing to do rather than what Tucker Carlson is doing is re-stigmatizing that. Absolutely. And he's he's and, saying, and look, liberals are crazy. That's why they're wearing masks. Yeah, that's why they wear masks. <laughs> yeah.
Um, and not only that, but all liberals are certifiable. Which, which very much kind of supports the point I was trying to make. <laughs> That's exactly, yeah, yeah. 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 But, yeah, I mean, so let's assume that this Pew survey, the, the data in that is completely accurate. Uh, obviously, that that piece of data doesn't tell the full story. And so this is quite good, quite apposite for the accent fallacy. So what he's doing is reading that according to his own agenda mm-hmm. to make the point that he wants to make out of context. Yeah. He's lifting it and reading it out and saying, no, 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 no. But, but I mean, this is, this is nowhere near how crazy. And I'm using that word advisedly. <laughs> He gets. <laughs> if you dare to yeah. go on foot from Union Station to the Capitol, for example, in Washington without wearing a mask, angry Biden voters will snort at you in judgment. How could you? They're saying from behind the gauze. That might be true. <laughs> yeah. I don't know if they, they will do that. I don't, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I don't know if they we'll have they Biden buttons on when they're snorting at you. <laughs> yeah, that's well, maybe they're just wearing blue masks. Yeah, D- don't know. Um I mean, I, I, I'm, I'm sure it's true that if you go inside somewhere uh, without wearing a mask, people yeah. will complain. That, oh, it definitely is. Yeah. yeah, yeah, because that's one of the joyous um, pastimes that you know, in between things is to watch <laughs> Karens being tormented yeah. in stores, occasionally by, arrested because they refuse yeah, to, to leave. Exactly. <laughs> and they and they've rung the police and uh-huh. said, you know, I want to see the manager. I am the manager. <laughs> and uh, I'm going to call the police. Yeah, do that. It is quite delightful. There, really. there are some great videos. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. How could you? That's the question we should be asking of them in return. The rest of us should be snorting at them first. They're the aggressors. It's our job to brush them back and restore the society we were born in. So the next time you see someone in a mask on the sidewalk or on the bike path, do not hesitate. Ask politely but firmly, would you please take off your mask? Science shows there is no reason for you to be wearing it. Your mask is making me uncomfortable. Oh, dear. Fuck off. Oh, heaven (laughs) forfend that we make you uncomfortable. Yeah. There's a brilliant series of... Um, uh, videos on YouTube. I think it's from interviews where John Cleese is talking about um, the history of Python and uh, offensive humor. And I think it's in the context of when they took Python to America and Python got edited heavily because they thought they were going to be offended that some of their things were offensive. And it, well, even the BBC somewhat censored some of the sketches. Um, but they didn't stop them going out. They didn't edit them out. So this is, and he talks about this whole thing of, oh dear, you're offended. You know what's well, what's the worst that can happen? You're going to crawl up in a ball and cry. You know, so I'm responsible for your offence. No, no, you're you're offended. You deal with that. That's your problem. It's not my problem. So just kind of yeah, take off your mask because you offend me. Well, fuck off. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. You, you, you want me to offend you? Here's I'm going to offend you. You're a fucking idiot. Here's the thing. That... The, based on the new CDC guidelines, based on the, yep. the, the you know, current... Uh, oh, yeah, and this is the thing says, about science. Yeah. Science changes as we learn new things. Yeah. So that doesn't make science bad because it changes. That makes science yeah. good. That shows it's working because we learn yeah. new stuff yeah. and then say, here's our best current understanding. Yeah. Our best current yeah. understanding is that 
um, it's okay not to wear a mask outside, especially if you're vaccinated. So in that sense, if mask wearers complain about other people not wearing masks outside, yeah. it would be reasonable for the people wearing not wearing masks to say, actually, the science doesn't support wearing masks outside. They would be right. Yeah, so they would kind of go... You know, uh, you're perfectly at liberty to wear your mask. Absolutely. That's the, me the... not wearing a mask isn't putting you in danger yeah. when we're outside. Up to now, we haven't been clear. We ha- It's been suggested, it's been strongly indicated by the science that outside there is very little transmission. Um, but the there was still a possibility, as far as science was concerned, that <laughs> that there could have been transmission and therefore not wearing a mask was potentially dangerous to other people wearing a mask is not dangerous to anyone it's not not wearing a mask it wasn't offensive to mask wearers it was potentially dangerous dangerous exactly um yeah we now know that it probably isn't dangerous so okay that's fine you don't have to wear a mask and and yes, people shouldn't harass you for not wearing a mask outside. Yeah. But you also absolutely shouldn't harass people for wearing people a mask. Who are wearing a mask? And that kind of that bit where he says we should re-establish the country we were born in. <laughs> yeah. Well, what the hell? Well, how old is Tucker Carlson? I mean, forty or something. Maybe. Yeah. So the country he was born in was the seventies, where people smoked. Yeah, you know, Marlborough Man was a big thing. People smoked. They. Oh, we'll get to that in a minute. (laughs) Okay, yeah, they took heroin. They shared needles. Uh We should do that, and we should keep doing it until wearing a mask outside is roughly as socially accepted as lighting a marble in an elevator. There you go. (laughs) Yeah. No, because those are two completely different things. Completely different things. Lighting a marble on an elevator has health implications for the person who is sharing the elevator with you and isn't choosing to smoke. Yeah. Wearing a mask does not damage someone else's health. No. I mean, unless they are allergic to blue maybe you know if you're wearing one of those kind of surgical masks that's slightly off blue kind of green you know i'm just why do i think of that well i think of that because <laughs> um johnny rotten the lead singer of the sex pistols john lyden now who's moved more to the right and his waistline has moved further outwards he kind of allergic to red light so when he plays a concert he can't have any red lights because really? he just yeah. So he can neither the... work in a dark room nor visit prostitutes. Nope. No. Nightmare. Just as well, right? Yeah. Just as well he became a singer, really, yeah. isn't it? <laughs> yeah. Uh, and, and a right-wing <laughs> non-entity is the word I'm grasping for. <laughs> yeah, irrelevance. Okay, but yeah. but Tucker gets wor- much worse. <laughs> it's repulsive. Don't do it around other people. That's the message we should send because it's true. As for forcing children to wear masks outside, that should be illegal. Your response when you see children wearing masks as they play should be no different from your response to seeing someone beat a kid in Walmart. No, it should be very different. It should be very different from that. Yeah. Yeah, particularly if what you're saying is that those are equivalent such that when you see a kid in a mask, you just go, all right. 
don't want you to do that when some kid is getting beaten in Walmart. Don't want you to just go, oh, yeah, no, that's fine. You know, it's your choice. No, you've got to. That's very, very, very different. Yeah, you've got to go, I think I should intervene when a kid's being beaten in Walmart. Not going to bother. Again, when a kid's wearing, a wearing a mask is not bad for the person wearing the mask or anyone else. No. You know, might make your ears a bit red round the back. That's about it. You know, given the fact that you could catch COVID, I think that's probably fair trade-off. And it it's what? Yes. I mean, this is you, just you. You can yeah. you keeping your snot <laughs> to yourself, or and maybe especially kids kids are breathing. fucking germ factories they are they are I and they're snotty put masks on and, all children know, i say yeah <laughs> at all times <laughs> absolutely <Yeah. laughs> morning noon and night and 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 not and not only that they're visually unappealing they <laughs> don't know how to blow oh, the nose oh god yeah you know you just don't want to have to deal with no. that it's bad enough in your own kids let alone seeing other people's yeah. you know Mine are in their twenties. It's really terrible. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah but it. but it gets worse. Call the police immediately. Oh, Contact Child Protective Services. Keep calling until someone arrives. What? Yeah. Call the police keep, if you see a child wearing a mask. Contact Child Protective Services and keep calling until someone arrives. Harass takes you emergency away. services if you see a child wearing murders. a mask. Yeah. And keep calling till somebody arrives, and you can guarantee if watching Karen videos is anything to go by, that you will be the one taken Absolutely. away. Absolutely. I, I fully endorse Tucker's audience to do exactly this. Yeah. If you see it. a child wearing a mask, call the police. Keep, keep calling the police. Arrives, keep calling. Until, until someone arrives, because there is no fucking way the police are doing anything about the child wearing the mask. But they are going to do yeah. something about the person calling the police yeah. for no good and reason. There'll be one less <laughs> Tucker Carlson viewer on the streets hassling innocent kids who are just wanting to, you know, and if. If kids can't don't suffer from COVID, which has not yet been proved, but are carriers of COVID, which has somewhat been proved, then putting a mask on them it seems to be quite sensible yep. for everybody else and, you know, does them no harm. Also the aforementioned germ factory. What you're looking at is abuse. It's child abuse, and you are morally obligated to attempt to prevent it. If it's your own children being abused, then act accordingly. Let's say your kid's school emailed you to announce that every day after lunch, your sixth grader was going to get punched in the face by a teacher. How would you respond to that? That's precisely how you should respond when they tell you that your kids have to wear masks on the soccer field. That is unacceptable, it is dangerous, and we should act like it, because it is. No, <laughs> it is not. Yes, it is. And just putting in brackets, we talk about this often, just putting in brackets after something, yeah, because, because it, it is. is, or yes, it's true, it doesn't make it true. It doesn't, it doesn't make it because it is. You know, it's saying, well, it's, it is because it is. Yeah. You know, que sera, sera. That's, it's, it isn't. That's just, a, what? It's, not, it's kind of, there's no proof there. 
that's just that's, yeah, the suggestion yeah. that if your kids, it's if like your this, sixth, it is. sixth grade teacher was going to punch your kid in the face, face every day, that's the same as, that's the same as making them wear a mask. Them to wear on the soccer field. And just go, well, fuck me. all the way off. Yeah, <laughs> and when you get there, <laughs> fuck off a little bit more. So finally, some things we really don't have time to talk about. I'd love to be able to tell you all about the fun I've been having on Frank Speech, the new social network launched two weeks ago by Pillow Tycoon and slightly more tanned version of The Undertaker's manager, Mike Lindell. <laughs> Unfortunately, I can't because the site crashed almost as soon as it opened and nobody can actually sign up to it yet. <laughs> For the first few days, they claimed the site was undergoing scheduled maintenance, which, as every tech company knows, should always be scheduled for just after you launch. Immediately <laughs> after. And then Lindell yeah. claimed that the site had been the victim of a massive attack. Really, it would have been sly of him mm. to get some protection set up to keep the site safe from harm. OK, I know massive attack weren't big in the US, but there's one massive attack fan oh, listening who loved preference. that. Anyway, <laughs> if Mike ever creates a working website, we'll let you know how that goes. Beautifully observed by the Daily Kos as the strangely quaffed con man, Trump's interminable campaigning whilst in office ran up enormous security costs, which of course landed on those towns hosting his rallies. Trump's never been one to make sure he pays his own way or takes care to ensure people aren't inconvenienced on his account. And in a fitting tribute to the Satsuma sleazeball, the mayor of Albuquerque has called the repo man on the Trumpster to get back the $200,000 he's in hock to the town for, and has been for 19 months. I have a delicious image of Harry Dean Stanton drawling up to Trump whilst Emilio Estevez vaporises him with a Chevy trunk load of alien radiation in a way that makes his dad Jed Bartlett proud. Of course, whilst the likes of Minnesota and El Paso also get in line for the hundreds of thousands of dollars they're owed, Trump's snake-oiled machine does what it's done for 40 years and moves money around so they can plead poverty just where the demands are coming into. The only solace we can find is that Trump is old and unhealthy and medical bills are large and Beelzebub doesn't actually accept dollars. Oh, and... Hot dog, <laughs> jumping frog. Joe Biden addressed the joint session of Congress for the first time in what would be the State of the Union if this wasn't Joe's first year in office. And he managed to do it without awarding a Medal of Freedom to a hateful racist and hardly told any lies at all. In front of a socially distanced crowd of only 200 members of Congress, Biden started by acknowledging for the first time Madam Speaker and Madam Vice President. He talked about the jobs that will come from his infrastructure plan, the general benefits that will come from his family's plan, and the fact that deer don't wear Kevlar vests, so hunters don't need 100-round magazines and armour-piercing bullets. <laughs> Trump watched, presumably from his bed surrounded by Big Mac wrappers and empty Diet Coke cans, and was upset that the speech wasn't about him. So the next morning, he called his friends at Fox News to complain, saying, Obviously, they're very ungracious people. I did the vaccine, they like to take the vaccine, but even the fake news isn't giving them credit for that. It's not true to say that Biden ignored all of Trump's accomplishments. After all, he called the January 6th insurrection the worst attack on our democracy since the Civil War. Yeah, I did the worst attack. <laughs> yeah. OK, you can all relax. Hillary isn't going to abolish the Second Amendment after all. But no, wait, what will we do to fuel our fury batteries like making kids scream in Monster Inc.? Never fear, the GOP is here. 
Details of what is, to all intents and purposes, Biden's new Green Deal are not even published yet. But the outrage vacuum can safely be filled with his upcoming outright ban on steaks and burgers. Just when we thought the simplification of messages, and let's face it, just about everything else in politics on the right, was down to toddler Trump management, the Republicans dumbed down their own stupid bastards, sorry voters, some more, by reducing the whole climate issue to things you can stuff in your face whilst whistling Dixie dressed as an eagle neath the stars and stripes. But not so fast. This was a British idea. The UK's Daily Mail newspaper, not content with spreading lies here, by using the 2 plus 2 equals 5 algorithm, helpfully connected a University of Michigan report conducted over a year ago under Trump, which concluded if people reduced meat eating by a lot, emissions would fall a lot. Two, Biden wants to cut emissions by a lot. Therefore, he'll force people to reduce meat eating by the same amount the random study looked at. Based on absolutely nothing at all, except perhaps eyeing money-based opportunities in the US media and the exploitation of another bunch of English-speaking, unthinking, right-wing fuckwits. As the university states, their report is reliant on a number of simplifying assumptions, as is GOP's vote-winning strategy, it appears. My favourite of all of the reactions to this was Larry Kudlow on Fox Business, who... Yeah. who was talking about how July 4th you wouldn't be able to put any steaks on the barbecue and you'd have to have grilled Brussels sprouts instead. And he said this. So get ready. You can throw back a plant-based beer with your grilled Brussels sprouts and wave your American flag. So let's celebrate by throwing back another plant-based beer. What does Larry Kudlow think beer is made of? Yeah. Meat. <laughs> <laughs> Animal. <laughs> excretions yeah. you, no you're gonna to have to stop all that meat-based beer <laughs> meat-based beer we've got to go we ought to be able to it's, you know it's a part of the life liberty and the, and the you know, american way that we can scrape the sweat off buffaloes and brew it into a beer <laughs> plant-based beer i'm enjoying a plant-based the beer fuck? Right yeah huh. exactly yeah <laughs> Louisiana Senator John Kennedy, who looks like the bastard child of Roscoe P. Coltrane and his dog Flash, made a bit of a mistake in a Senate Judiciary Committee hearing on voting rights last week. He asked voting rights activist and all-around badass Stacey Abrams for a list of the actual provisions she objects to in the Georgia Voter Suppression Bill. So she started listing them, because she actually knows what the fuck she's talking about. (laughs) Kennedy tried to interrupt a couple of times with brilliantly thought-out burns like... What else? And is that everything? Spoiler, it wasn't. A full two minutes later, while Abrams was still talking, Foghorn Kennedy realised this wasn't going the way he thought it would and said, OK, I get the idea, I get the idea. Since she wasn't allowed to finish, Stacey Abrams later released a video on her Twitter feed in which she continued for a further five minutes. John Kennedy used to be a lawyer. Isn't the first thing they teach lawyers don't ask a witness a question you don't know the answer to? Hawkhorn, Leghorn, <laughs> and, and Roscoe P. Coltrane references. Fantastic. Now Trump's out of office, of course, there's more fallout involving hitherto protected acolytes. Black, drippy fallout is smearing one Rudy Giuliani, who, full disclosure, it delights me to say, has had cell phones and computers seized by the feds as part of an investigation into potential shady dealings with Ukraine. 
Naturally, the inky-headed one is outraged, yeah, like we care, accusing federal authorities of a corrupt double standard and that the Justice Department was running roughshod over the constitutional rights of everyone involved in or legally defending former President Donald J. Trump. Well, seeing that you were one of the leading reasons as to why those legal defences all failed, Rudy, I'm not sure you have any constitutional rights to claim, especially whilst as a legal representative of a POTUS, you made dodgy promises with a decidedly non-American entity in exchange for dirt on the Democratic nominee. The worst thing about this AP News item for me was discovering Giuliani has a son who agrees with his dad. Oh, hell no. It could all happen again. Come back, dynasty. All is forgiven. The GOP-led Arizona State Senate has subpoenaed all 2.1 million ballots submitted in Maricopa County in the 2020 election, along with the voting machines that counted them, because they're still not sure who won, despite the fact that Biden definitely won the county by more than 45,000 votes. Keen to make sure it's all above board and beyond reproach, the state Senate have paid $150,000 for a new audit of the ballots to Florida company called Cyber Ninjas, who nobody has ever heard of, who have no history of election work, and whose CEO, Doug Logan, is a stop-the-steal conspiracy theorist who wrote articles for Sidney Powell's website about how voting machines were flipping votes from Trump to Biden. Mm. Cyber Ninjas then went to court to try to keep the method of their recount secret, but they lost. Fortunately, when the company inevitably claims that they have uncovered massive voter fraud but are unable to provide actual evidence, it will have exactly zero effect on anything. Well, here in the diminished, divided, diseased island we currently can't escape from, a duke, who didn't do a day's work in his life before or after marrying the queen, failed to make it to the age of immense lockdown NHS fundraising captain Sir Tom Moore, despite the duke living in abject luxury. The Prime Minister was named Major Sleazed after his bellowed responses to Sir Keir Starmer's questions about whether Lord Brownlow played the initial invoice for parliamentary rule-breaking sums of money to refurb his apartment and is being described as a vacuum of integrity by the ex-Attorney-General when it came to bunging backhanders to alternative Hoover manufacturer Sir James Dyson. You see... It's the common touch that makes British national decision-making so accessible to ordinary people. Piling their bodies by the thousand into the breach once more, wasting their votes in the upcoming local elections, opting for comedy candidates like Lord Binface instead of uniting behind an effective majority opposition. Because, no, I wouldn't vote for Boris, but, oh, I don't like that Keir. He's a lawyer and a sir, and he's got no personality. Get real, you self-righteous serfs tugging your fucking forelocks and flying your fucking flags at half-mast for our own dear queen and country as we disappear from global view beneath your ways of apathy and ignorance. Small Britannia, Britannia. So that's all the bad arguments and faulty reasoning we have time for this week. You'll find the show notes at fallaciousTrump.com and if you hear Trump say something stupid and want to ask if it's a fallacy, our contact details are on the contact page. If you think we've used the fallacy ourselves, let us know. And if you've had a good time, please give us a review, a, a merch-winning review on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcasts. And you can support the show at patreon.com slash ftrump, just like our strawman-level patrons Kaz Tui, Mark Greike, and Amber R. Buchanan. Thank you so much, everyone. 
We really do appreciate your support. You can connect with those awesome people as well as us and other listeners in the Facebook group at facebook.com slash groups slash Fallacious Trump. All music is by The Outbursts and was used with permission. So until next time on Fallacious Trump, we'll leave the last word to the Donald. That's right. Go home to mommy. Bye. Bye. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra-low, net-carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co.